Okay, so I wanted to start with something that, uh, uh, that, you, that you could respond to, that you could really uh, have an emotional response to. And this is a very famous, I think, to me at least, a famous article from The Wired. And it was launched during the, the Trump presidential campaign. And it was about this uh, Macedonian uh, uh, fake news uh, spreaders. And so they would uh, produce news in their own computer at home, and then they would uh, copy and paste from all these uh, random websites, alt-right, uh, uh, typically uh, websites, and then they would launch it to the world as a way to gain revenue, because these articles were very famous. And so I want to show you this, because this is, uh, because I want to uh, really kind of uh, dismiss the whole polarization and the whole idea of what are fake news and, and, and what fact-checking is basing itself on. And so, as, as uh, Walter said, I'm Miguel, and I'm from Make Media Great Again, a catchy uh, name, I think. And so, we deal with information, and newspapers and media, they deal, deal with information, and what I just showed you in the, in the image is an example, is a perfect example of disinformation, which is uh, information uh, purposely constructed to, to be misleading, to serve a, an agenda, to serve a purpose, or to just sell. But we are actually wanting to tackle with misinformation, and the terminology is important because if we discuss about the two separately, then we can actually have a meaningful discussion rather than uh, just uh, uh, um, dealing with fake information as, as one and, 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 and the same. And so I wanted you to look at this image. It's also very famous, I, I, I believe. And this was a discussion between Merkel and Trump and, and other representatives. And this is one side of the story. And this is actually what, what came out in, in most of the liberal uh, news. And to, uh, Trump was very quickly to dismiss it and to tweet this photo. And indeed, this is, this is, so, this is so contrasting, right? This is such a different vibe in, in this photo. And, and I asked myself, the articles that posted this one, are they do they have an agenda? Are they posting disinformation or is it just misinformation because they are serving their own uh, uh, bias and their own uh, uh, perception of how, the, of how the event went on? And so we're really concerned about this difference because we believe that actually the problem that is, fa that, that is facing news nowadays is mostly misinformation. So uh, 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 fake news aside, our problem is with quality of newspapers and with the advent of social media, with the advent of, uh, of big revenue uh, um, companies getting a hold of the, of the profits from uh, content providers such as newspapers, we see an urge to change their business models, such as paywalls. You have this in multiple websites nowadays. They're really trying to reinvent themselves. And the problem is that still, it's a big, big issue. Newspapers, not only in terms of uh, printing uh, revenue, but also in, in, in advertising revenue, the, the, the projections are going down. And this has a real effect because the, the journalists that are working in these newspapers are also getting fired. Newspapers can get less original content and they also have less quality standards to, to deal with their, with their articles. And on top of that, what we see is also that if uh, 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 some article with misinformation or disinformation, as you see in the conspiracy side, is shared, there's some uh, recent research that tells us that there's a probability of more than 75% that this article will reach the hands of the final readers in less than five hours. So not only we need to tackle misinformation, we need to do it fast. And this is what typically these fact-checking websites are doing. So what they're doing is saying, okay, guys, you looked at the fake uh, uh, news, we uh, will look at what was said at the topic and we will basically rate it for you to see whether it's, it's true or not. But I have a, a, a big problem with this and we as a team also were debating this, that the problem is that the people who will go to these websites are already predisposed to, believe, to, to, to challenge themselves in their own beliefs. 
So what about the others? What about the maybe 99% of people of regular newspaper readers? And this is a really interesting uh, uh, quote. This was by a, a main, uh, a very important campaign manager. And he, 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 he was a campaign manager, I think, for uh, Obama and also previous to that. I don't, I don't want to uh, be wrong, but I'm almost sure. And the, he says something that he says, okay, it's not that we're not going to run an ad. It's not that we're going to respond to, to basically uh, uh, um, um, an assessment by them. It's just about the timing, right? So in the end, they have realize that people don't really care that there's uh, lies in, in, in the political scenario in, in the United States. It's just about the timing that they're going to serve the ad. So I say this is not very effective. And this is what we discovered and we want to position ourselves given this fact. Besides that, we also uh, uh, saw that, and this is an example of, uh, of a study that was conducted upon the, 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 the bias, that psychological bias that people have towards news and towards uh, knowledge. This, this is a, a study conducted with people and that, that uh, concluded a high correlation between being misinformed and being sure of your knowledge. And so even the people who we are relying on that are so sure about their, their own beliefs are the ones that are uh, uh, mostly correlated to actually being wrong about them. And this is very concerning, so I, I, I'm telling you guys, this is really, really bad. <laughs> um, although, we, we thought, okay, there has to be a solution for this. We need to tackle this in a different perspective. And so, we want to position ourselves not in the end of the line, so as the fact-checking websites do, which is still useful for the political scenario, but we want to say, okay, we want to help the editing process. We want to work with newspapers to improve the quality of their, new, of their articles. So we see nowadays the typical editing process is uh, uh, the author writes an article, the editor may or may not approve the article, and then they release it to the audience. In a lot of cases, from working with a lot of editors in the Netherlands, we're discovering that actually the role of the editor barely exists anymore. And that in a lot, often cases, the author writes the article, even if he's an intern, uh, and the audience reads it, and maybe sometimes afterwards they will check, they will check on the article. So what we want to add is this layer here, the community. We want to say, well, there's a lot of articles. New.nl, for instance, publishes around 250 articles a day. You don't have the manpower to do it, so let us do it. Let's, let's hire experts, or let's get experts from the community and help the, 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 the journalists in, in their task. So we believe not in destroying uh, journalism as is, not in labeling journalism as fake news, but actually in, it, in, in improving the, the editorial process. And for that, we were partnering with, uh, with several universities, with Nupuntanel. We're being funded at the moment by uh, stimulating funds uh, for journalism. And, uh, and we were previously funded by SIDN. And we're getting by. We, we're, we're progressing. Um, the foundation that is on the base of this project is Bema Foundation. We, uh, uh, initially, we did a project with some, uh, uh, let's say, Dutch intellectuals about how the, 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 the public discourse is going. Then there's still a current uh, European press prize for the best uh, uh, European journalists, and now uh, this project. And, and it's all about really imp just improving societal debate. And we believe that through media, we, we can do this. What I'm going to show you afterwards is the tool that we're developing. And the principles that really guide us for this tool are we, 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 like, we, we, we tried to come up with a word that really described the spirit of the tool, and we came up with discernment. So what we want our community to do is not to judge, is not to, uh, um, is not to, to use their own bias, but to note objective characteristics of an article. So 
what are the sources, how are they being used, and are there better sources for this fact? If there are not, unless they're anonymous, if there are not, maybe the article doesn't serve the, the, the same purpose that it should. And so we came up with, oh, sorry. <laughs> so for this, we use, uh, uh, we use many elements. And uh, uh, one of them is a collaboration we have right now with, uh, with the VU to apply machine learning algorithms to try to detect misinformation to help the community uh, better, better actually better focus the, 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 the efforts of the community. Wisdom of the crowd uh, uh, algorithms. And then we really want to focus on basically information we can act upon. So maybe the first image that I showed you about this duality of the, of the images of, of Trump and, and Merkel, maybe that it's not something that we can actually objectively discuss, right? Maybe an article is not uh, necessarily bad because it posts a certain perspective, but we really need information we can act upon so we can improve it. And so, yeah, this is an, another model we have. So really, we're not about uh, easy solutions, we're not about specific solutions, we're about a journey, we're about discovering, about really understanding what are the, 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 the important details of, of uh, journalism. And this is what we came up with. So we have an annotation tool in which members of the community and experts and uh, people that we actually recruit as part of our, uh, as part of our annotating team, we call them, uh, can reach an article and actually can see, okay, how many uh, statements, how many annotations have been done on the content of the article. So you as a reader can also do this. You as a reader can arrive to the article and have the transparency of seeing that the article not only has been uh, written by a, a, a reputable journalist, but it also has been assessed and approved by all the expert members of the community that have passed a certain battery of tests to be there. So we think this is important because not only it brings safety to the readers, it brings uh, 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 transparency, transparency to the newspaper, but it also changes the perception that people have over what a newspaper should have, right? So if people start perceiving a, a good newspaper as a transparent newspaper, then maybe others, uh, others will, will follow suit. So this is what we're really aiming at, not necessarily just bashing on the, on the comments of the uh, journalists, but really changing the perception of what a newspaper should be which is a transparent and open newspaper to criticism. And this is an example of, a, of, a, of an annotation, something really important that we're testing right now with, with, with some uh, community members from uh, Newpuntanel is the usage of, of, uh, of labels. So not only we want them to comment, but we don't want random comments from their own uh, 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 perception of what an article should have, but we really want to guide them on what sort, sort of statements they should be commenting on. So this is the kind of labels that we are testing with, and, of course, our role is really to elicit such experts from the community. We don't, we, we, we understand the fear of publishers to say, okay, I don't want these random guys from the comment section annotating directly on the article. I don't want it to be in the first line. So we need to make sure that the people that are selected to annotate the articles are people that are knowledgeable, but most of all are objective and, uh, and critical people. And this is what actually we're testing right now. So we have uh, a set of uh, annotators from, um, from Newpuntanel, and we're, we're trying to assess whether these just regular uh, commentators can actually be, be, be excelled to, a, to a, a, a layer of uh, quality assessing on the articles. These are, uh, the respondents are actually the most active commentators on uh, Newpuntanel, and, they, and they, they, so far the results are very positive. We will finish this test in the, in the next week, actually. And this brings me now to the, to the actual uh, purpose why we're here, which is, well, how actually are we, are we using the blockchain to do all this? So initially, the whole idea and, and what motivated the whole project was we need 
in all newspapers and even in, in political um, uh, communication, we need a way to have a path to sources that can be held accountable. And accountable is really the, 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 the key word here. So an, an article may use any sources that it, that, that, it, that it likes, depending on the authority of such sources, but why would they matter if they cannot respond for the statements that they're actually making? Unless, of course, it's an anonymous source, as I said. So we need a way to create an immutable path to these uh, kind of sources and do it so transparently so that they cannot ever come back. So, and, uh, and then the second reason for uh, uh, starting experimenting with the blockchain was the whole governance issue. So if we want to create a system that has certain rules to which uh, annotators should uh, abide for, then these rules, they should be discussed and they should be implemented by the community of publishers and not by the interests of one publisher alone. And so this is a, a very ugly uh, architecture uh, uh, diagram that I sketched. And so the whole idea is really to uh, not use the blockchain as, a, as a, a service layer, not use the blockchain as a, a data layer, but rather as an integrity layer. So our goal is to everything that we do on the level of the annotations, so on the level of the data that is being received by, by the annotations, is mirrored into the blockchain. And this is, also this is also very important because we want any provider, any publisher, to have the power to serve their own service layer. So if I don't agree with the way that new.nl is, is, is doing things, I can serve my own instance, I can plug it to the blockchain, and I can also serve my own uh, um, UI to the annotators that I will create. So the whole functioning of, of this, the whole idea, and we, we, had, we, we have a, a proof of concept, a smart contract for this, is that the user starts by connecting to the client layer, which serves him the, the UI. Then the user posts an annotation, which is then uh, transferred to the service provider, the, any service provider which is actually hosting this, uh, this annotation layer. We, and, 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 and the service provider then handles the publishing of the representation of this annotation, not the annotation itself, into the blockchain. And so this is also relevant because we, we run into a lot of privacy issues with the blockchain due to the fact that it's immutable, let's say. And so what we wanted to make it so is that um, the representation that we have on the blockchain only exists while there is a correspondent data for it. So also uh, advocating for the right to be forgotten, for instance, if a user wants his, his whole data to be, to be deleted, all that will exist in the blockchain is a hash of what the user did, so totally meaningless, up to the options of the, of the actual service provider. And in our discovery, we were actually, uh, um, we were facing, of course, a lot of scalability issues. In the beginning, we didn't think of this representation. We wanted to go full-blown uh, blockchain uh, serving of content. And, and, and so, of course, we started thinking, okay, the scenario of the, of the, of the blockchain is starting to improve in terms of scalability with the Lightning, Lightning Network project, with the, with the Plasma protocol. But let's try not to be dependent on that. So we came up with a very simple solution, and probably all of you uh, have heard of it. The, uh, it's just serving content onto the blockchain as a Merkle tree hash, also used to, uh, uh, to hash uh, transactions in, I think, Eth Ethereum, for instance. And so the whole idea is that uh, you hash the data that you're uh, uh, concerning with, and depending on, how, on the level of compression that you want to have in the blockchain, so the number of, uh, of, of, item, uh, of data items that you want to store in the blockchain, you, ex you extend this and then you hash each uh, pair of items uh, as a pair, and then you go up the tree. So then, at some point, if you want to validate that this item was indeed on that root hash, what the service provider needs to share with you is the hash B, the hash D, and then you, you recreate the, the, the whole root, root hash. So in the end, if you want to validate this, you only need this. 
and the hash, which is meaningless for you, of the other items in the, in the blockchain. So we're now experimenting with the tweaking levels of compression that we can basically export the data from the, from the annotations to the blockchain and finding a sweet spot. So, so that with this, with this uh, uh, architecture, we can actually use virtually any uh, blockchain technology and still be quite uh, uh, costless. Um, yeah, so this is, we, we, we have a proof of concept Ethereum smart contract for this. We are also looking at, uh, 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 because as I said, the governance structure that we have, that we want to have with the publishers, we believe that at least preliminarily it will, it will need a, a, per, a permission blockchain. So basically that each, uh, st each stakeholder, each uh, uh, participant will have their own, uh, will have the same saying in, in, the, in the blockchain. So actually we want to start experimenting with proof of authority, uh, which is basically, uh, it's just a, a, an alternative uh, consensus mechanism for Ethereum. And also we're even investigating on, uh, on very elementary, uh, just Byzantine fault tolerant algorithms to implement this. Because in the end, we, we want to first experiment with the publishers themselves, create a governance structure with them, and then go from there. And then see if we need to become uh, uh, fully trustless or not. But that's not the, the, at least the focus right now. And we also have a team working on a, on a reputation system. Part of the team is here actually today. <laughs> and uh, so we, we also uh, uh, we have some ideas for Actually, because I, I talked about the recruitment and eliciting of uh, annotators in the, in the community, but of course we would like to make it more transparent and we would like to make it more inclusive for everybody and for everybody to demonstrate their worth and let the community select the, the best uh, uh, voices to be heard. And another thing that we discovered is that publishers, whenever faced with the idea of having such a tool, their first response is, well, but if you're going to annotate my articles, then I need them to be annotated in five minutes. Otherwise my readers will suspect of the quality of the article. So what we thought of uh, would be that we could have a certain uh, kind of a structure in which they would uh, uh, hand on a, a bond, uh, basically a, um, a, compensation, a compensation wallet, and this would be distributed in a tokenized manner by all the annotators that were fast enough and, 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 and had annotations with good quality in the beginning that helped this uh, uh, quality uh, of service to be, to be performed. And that's it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Any questions? A lot. Let's start with the first one. Actually, uh, maybe I'll show a slide for that because we, 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 we battle, we struggle a lot with that, with that as well. So initially, the, the icon that you see with a little three number was actually, we call it a traffic sign. And the traffic sign was basically pointing at whether the article was proper or not. And after many discussions with publishers and uh, with journalists, we saw, well, this is really, uh, uh, this is really I think, radical. Because journalism is not quanti quantitative, it's qualitative. It's very hard to assess uh, an article properly. So we changed to a new approach, which is actually we only state whether uh, the sources are checked and the article has been checked or not. So this, this annotation that you see now is basically, let's say, three annotations which were made in the article. And there's no, 
not necessarily any conclusion from it. There's not necessarily any, any, any uh, judgment being made from the annotations. Now, if the community sees that the journalist or the author hasn't changed the content of the article, even though the majority of the community is saying that, that there's something wrong with it, then we don't necessarily need to put a, a, a red mark for the, for the readers to understand that they shouldn't trust this article. So it's not necessarily about majority, it's more about really noting characteristics of the article that you as a, as a reader can judge by yourself as well. So as an annotator, what you do is you, you either see a statement with a source that you, uh, you know, disagree with, so either you see somebody who has annotated it already and debated it, or you can add your own annotation. And what annotations are also for is, and we really, we, we will really try to uh, um, uh, stress on that, is that we want annotators to help, not, o not only to criticize. So if you have a better source for that statement, you should put it in the annotation. And then the journalist, the author, should change the article accordingly, if he agrees with, uh, with, with you, basically. Can you name copyright? How so? No, for instance, I don't know, uh, like somebody told us that he saw this page, mm -hmm. I think that's very ambitious, but it, we, we thought about that. That was indeed one of, one of the topics, because then it's also always, uh, I think, a mixture between uh, are, we, are we article focused or, or are we topic focused or are we source focused? So, of course, you could, you could actually just mix the whole thing. You could also say, okay, um, this article is about this topic, it takes this position, and there are other articles that have taken this position in this topic which have been debunked, for example. So, you could try to do all sorts of uh, correlations and associations, but we want to keep it simple for now, at least. So actually the, the, the machine learning layer that we want to introduce is we want to uh, introduce basically uh, misinformation uh, autom automated detection algorithms that will indeed take into account other articles and the status of the, of the other articles. And then we can start experimenting with that. But I think that the, the really the one of the biggest lessons that we learned from working with publishers is that we need to be very cautious. And we, we also need to be realistic, right? We need to, we can't be too ambitious in, in what concerns what we can do with these algorithms because it's such a fast pace and, and established process, uh, the, the journalistic process. So we need to be very careful with it. Actually, we, we spoke, I think, uh, a few months back with one of, one of the most active Wikipedians in, in the Netherlands because we wanted to know, okay, why do you do it, right? So why are you so motivated to do it? You don't get paid. Uh, you barely get any recognition, let's say. And it was, she, she answered in two levels. So basically, it's about her own uh, will and self and self uh, uh, sense of uh, uh, accomplishment. And, and, and also righteousness and, and, and brightness, but then the, basically the validation of her peers in the Wikipedia um, uh, uh, thing. And one of the things that we're trying to, re to research now is, okay, Wikipedia, they have a, hu a whole uh, reviewing process. They don't necessarily have reputations, rather than the established Wikipedians, but they, they do have something which, whenever they try to address uh, very uh, uh, sensitive, socially sensitive uh, topics, how do they do it? 
So if an article is, is, is for example, sexist, how do they resolve it? Which opinions uh, count? So this is very important for us as well, and we're, we're trying to, to work with that. But it's so interesting because they don't have any reputation in place. It's just the Wikipedians coming together and, uh, and uh, yeah, commenting on the articles. Yeah. The Wikipedia? There, there's a story on Wikipedia which I think is, is really incredible, which is, I don't remember the topic of the article, but there was an article and there was a troll uh, changing the article constantly. And I think Wikipedia now, they, they put some checks and balances already, but at the time, it was basically, the last edit was the one online. And so the guy came, the troll came, and he would change the article. The, 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 the original author, he would change the article back. And then if you look at the history of this article, they have like 2,000 changes. <laughs> just the most insistive guy he would win, and he, and he did win. So in the end, the original uh, author, he won the, the battle. So it was as simple as that, basically. Yeah. And, uh, stubbornness. Stubbornness, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the key, I think, yeah. 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 Or not if you have a bot. <laughs> it's a nice ending of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank okay, you. Yeah. thank you. Thank you.